0: Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I'm so excited to be back with you for another amazing conversation with another incredible guest and one who I've been following for quite some time. I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk, and today's conversation is one where I was practically jumping out of my seat. You see, Lainey Schwartz, who is the founder of Life is But a Dish, started her company the exact same way that I started mine, simply by showing up and sharing. And from there, she was able to build a community and monetize that community. Now she has a massive and loyal following with multiple revenue streams, and I am so excited to share her story. Lainey is proof that everything I share here and on social media is the God's honest truth, and that is that your community is everything. But before I bring on Lainey, I just want to say that this community is pretty damn awesome your feedback, your DMs, your emails, your love. I honestly appreciate all of it so much. I love hearing from you. I love when you tell me something about a guest that made you smile or made you do things differently with your business. And just today, actually, I interviewed on another podcast and those hosts told me that Dear Found Her was their go-to To podcast on their playlist, and honestly, nothing could have made me happier. Hosting Dear Founder twice a week is really a dream come true, and hopping on this mic to share some of the most powerful stories from some of the most amazing female founders and supporters thereof is really and truly one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. Helping so many of these founders and so many of you to grow your business is the cherry on top. So thank you for tuning in. I know you have so many choices of podcasts to listen to, but I'm grateful that you choose Dear Found Her and that you're here. So if this conversation today inspires you or if you love Lainey as much as I do, I want you to share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Tag me. I always come and say hi. Leave us a review on Apple. Subscribe to the show. All of these Conversations that we're having here. They are so amazing and so important for more people to hear. And when you do these little things like sharing them on social media or writing a review or even just reading the podcast, it helps Dear Founder get discovered and it helps to spread the knowledge and wisdom that we share right here twice a week. And ultimately, it helps our community grow. But most important, it helps me to spread my mission and to support as many female founders and entrepreneurs as I possibly can. So thank you. So today's guest, Lainey Schwartz, is the founder, creator, and recipe developer behind the food blog, Life is But a Dish. Lainey is on a mission to help busy home cooks across the world gain confidence in the kitchen, create simple and delicious meals, and to cook without being tied to a recipe. Lainey lives in Los Angeles, California, with her two daughters and her husband. She loves a kitchen dance party and she loves the Michigan Wolverines as much as I do. Go blue. Come on in and meet Lainey Schwartz. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. I am so excited about today's guest. And when she came into my inbox through our mutual publicist, I said yes right away because I have been following Lainey Schwartz, who is the founder of Life is But a Dish, for Quite some time now, I think since the pandemic for sure. And I am so excited to meet you and to have you here. So, welcome to Dear Founder. Thank you. So happy to be here. So, tell our listeners a little bit about Lainey Schwartz and what is Life is But a Dish? What do you do and how did you get here? So, my name is
1: Lainey. I have a food blog called Life is But a Dish. I started about, I'm coming up October will be eight years, which is crazy. Um, I was a former elementary school teacher. So I taught first grade for about six years and I absolutely loved it. And then I had kids of my own and decided to not go back to teaching. But at that point I was already cooking and loving food and posting pictures on Facebook of my recipes for no reason at all. Um, And I discovered food blogs and decided that I was going to, that I could do that too. If people are just posting recipes, putting it on their website, And that was a job. I was like, I want to do that. And so I started doing that in 2014 when I had, gosh, a two-year-old and a six-month-old, which now looking back feels like, why would I ever do that? Um, And I started as a food blogger. And my business kind of spiraled from there. And after about five years of straight blogging, I discovered um, the option of selling your own products and creating your own courses and I kind of got that that entrepreneur bug and that was kind of history that was kind of it
0: so tell us a little bit about the other things that you do other than the food blog
1: yeah so in about gosh it was probably now maybe 3 or 4 years ago i discovered in addition to teaching people how to cook and sharing kind of it was It was kind of my two passions coming together in one. So as a teacher, which is my first passion and food, which I also love, once Instagram stories and Snapchat and video really became a thing, that's when I realized that I can really, really teach people. It's not just taking pictures, putting it on my website and calling it a day. I could talk to people. I could talk people through recipes. I can show them how to do things. And people were learning so much just through Instagram and just through Snapchat and just through an app. And that's when the wheels really started spinning. And I was like, okay, I can really reach people through video, through this, and I can help people. And I'm actually changing lives here, which was a really powerful thing to discover. Uh, And that's when the wheels started spinning. And I was like, okay, now I know how to teach people. How can I package this into something to sell? Because what if somebody misses the story or doesn't see this post? how could I create something one time and get it out to the masses? I had no idea how to do that or how to take payment. I mean, I knew I literally didn't know anything. Um, And I, the the first product that I ever made was I used to share, I used to share my process of like preparing for a holiday. So for like Rosh Hashanah or Passover or something. Um, And I used to be really stressed out during that process. It used to, drive me crazy. I would be anxious for weeks. I was a mess. I was exhausted. Um, And after many years of going through that process, I finally just figured out a process that worked for me. And I would share that. And people were so inspired by it and they loved watching it. I was like, what if I just put down, what if I wrote down the process was in my head? So what if I decided, what if I wrote it down, put it into an ebook and sold it? And so that's what I did. And people went crazy for it. Um, and people went from being completely stressed out. It's called stressed out the superstar. They went stressed out for planning holidays and dinners and things like that to doing it with ease. And that's when it was just so, anyways, that was the that was my first product. Um and from there I started developing meal plans and just whatever it was that I thought my audience wanted or needed. Um, and then my most recent and most proud product that I have is um like an online cooking program. It's called cook with confidence. It's an eight week course. And I talk or teach people how to cook with basic fundamental skills and, um, build their confidence in the kitchen.
0: So the ebook that's out there right now, obviously that's passive income and it's that, which is amazing. Like how much money are you generating from something like that?
1: It's funny because I feel like passive income is not totally passive, right? I mean, you can, you can get there, but it's,
0: it's a lot of work to get. Yeah, it's a lot to of be- work to get to the point yes. that it's just up and running. Yes. So thank you for saying that because it's not like you just throw something up there and it takes off. Like you do have to right. work very hard, but once it's up there and people like it and, and, you know, you're running ads towards it and whatnot, I mean, it can generate. It can. Yes, for sure. Oh, so, what I mean, kind of money are we talking else. about? No, no, so, I just wanted to know. Like, I, I just wanted to get a ballpark because I think it's important for people to understand what they can do when they put themselves and their information out into the world. Yeah.
1: So for me, I think it it's it's fluctuated. So when I first created my first product, and I know that you're big on building community and how important you know having that community is, not even on purpose, but I spent the first five years in my business. Building community by accident. <laughs> it just it was the it is and it was and is and continues to be the foundation of my business is really building community. I had a a good size following that really trusted me. They I was constantly putting out um, new information, um, solid information, and free recipes. They, I was giving, giving, giving for so many years, so that when I finally created this product. This ebook when I launched it in the middle of the summer, randomly, because I was just like, I'm just going to do it. I can't remember exactly, but I feel like off the bat, it was like I made like $10,000 off of that ebook, which for some people, like some, that doesn't always happen anymore. But the first thing that was it, I was like, whoa, this is.
0: But that happened because of the hard work that you put in prior. And so I think that it's very important that you said what you just said because. You can't just monetize a community and expect five, six figures like a lot of people online preach without putting in the work first to get people to trust you and actually want that product. Right. I mean, like they these are people who subscribe to you, who listened to or who watched you on social media, who read your blog. And and I want this is something I want to talk about too, because you bring up a really good point about building community. I'm guessing, I mean, your business was very different when it first started, I mean, it was like, you probably weren't even on Instagram right away, or maybe you, maybe you joined shortly thereafter. I mean, I, when I think about when bump club joined Instagram, it was, I think 2013 or 2014.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was 20. I did join right away, but there was no video. I would, I would just post a photo in a weird square, you know, picture with like some awkward filter and, and leave. Like there was maybe there was community, but there were, it, it was just so different. I mean, it's so different. And that was only seven or eight years ago, but it feels like another life.
0: Guess what? I have a couple spots open on my coaching calendar starting November 1st. Many of you have asked how you can work with me one-to-one to build your community through sustainable social media practices, partnerships and collaborations, email marketing, and more. Earlier this summer, when I announced I was taking clients, the spots filled up in less than a week. I've taken on many clients since then, and my calendar has been pretty full until now. But the good news is that my calendar is opening up a little bit, and I'll be taking on a couple of new clients later this fall, before the holidays, just in time for the new year. So if you're interested, grab 30 minutes from the link in my show notes, and let's talk about how we can work together to build your community for bottom line growth. I cannot wait to meet you. How were you making money at first? Like, I know you were focused on building your community without mm-hmm. realizing it, which I think that too is, is something to be said. I talk about this all the time. I didn't realize I was building a community when I was first building a community. Now I can build a community much faster given the experience that I take with me from Bump Club. But I love that you say that because you were just doing what you love. And that's why people showed up because yeah. they felt that from you. But how yeah. were you making money? until you started launching these products?
1: So I wasn't making a ton in the beginning and kind of the, I mean, I was in a fortunate enough position to stay home with my kids. I mean, the conversation with my husband was basically, all right, I'm either going to go back to teaching and pay to have somebody watch the kids. And my salary as a teacher wasn't that helpful. right?" Um, So, and I, I, when I realized that people were making money from food blogs, again, I didn't, really know how from ads and sponsored posts was my understanding that was really it at the time and i knew that i could be successful in the business but i really didn't know how or what that meant i just knew that i made good food i knew that my recipes worked i knew that people loved them that was all i knew and if i was consistent i'd committed to being consistent so showing up and posting two new recipes a week. I committed for one year to post two new recipes every single week and just see what happens. And we kind of, the conversation was, okay, if you do this for two years and if after two years, not that you have to be making so much money in two years, but if in two years, it's not headed in that direction, then we'll have a conversation. You may need to go get a job somewhere else. Um, But two years is a long time to be consistent in something. And I wasn't full-time because I had a little bit of help with my kids, but I was mainly home. Um, And so I was doing what I could and I was showing up and posting twice a week to my blog and um, it grew and social media grew and Snapchat was born and all of those things kind of spiraled. Um, So in the beginning, I would take whatever I could. So I was, I had the free Google ads or whatever, and I was making, I mean, maybe $20 a month. Like it was nothing. I had very low traffic at the time, Um, didn't know, didn't even know what the word SEO meant. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing Um, and I would get random sponsored things. So maybe someone would pay me like $50 here or $150 here and I would just take what I could. Um, But as the community grew and I started to make a little bit more, a little bit more, and I saw that my page views were growing and I, and then I got, had enough page views where I could join an ad network so that the ads were actually generating a decent amount of money. Uh, I had my first month, I think it was in 2017, where I joined an ad network and it happened to be in the holiday season, which is higher for food. And I made like $730 in one month. And I was like, oh my God, that is the most amount of money I've ever seen. Um, And that's when you just, you're just like, okay, this, this is really something. And I can, I can do so much with this. And again, didn't know how, but in my gut just knew that it could be.
0: I, I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm smiling. You can see I'm smiling because you, your story sounds very like we kind of lived parallel lives here, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, very similar to you. Like I had the conversation with my husband. We decided that as long as what I made could pay for childcare the first year, we would do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have a full-time nanny. It was a part-time nanny. And so I was literally like head down working for those eight hours a day that I, you know, I had three days that I could do it. And we said, we'll give it a year. Mm-hmm. And that was really kind of what we did. And and so I love that you share this progress of your journey because I, it's, I think it's really easy now for people to kind of open up Instagram and see you and see you there and think, wow, like, mm-hmm. you know, she's like major and you are, but you weren't always. And it, no. and it took a long time to get there. And so I appreciate you sharing that kind of journey and that it wasn't always what it is now. And so I would like for you to kind of paint a picture though of what it is now. Um I know you talked about your courses and you have all these different things going on but kind of what is the state of your business now?
1: It's interesting. I'm actually gosh, it has been like most businesses a whirlwind these last couple of years. It has just been uh, I don't even I don't even know where to begin. Honestly, it's been a little bit traumatic if I'm, if I'm being honest, um, you know, COVID was different for all businesses. For me, it was very good. Um, it, you know, for as someone who teaches people how to cook, like couldn't have been better timing. (laughs) Um, so it financially for my business, COVID was a very good thing. Um, Now, the trauma as a mom with all of your your kids home and husband home and running a business and creating a program and trying to stay afloat, I feel like I was just in survival mode for two years, 18 months. And these last nine months have been some of the hardest of my life. So all of kind of the trauma of that and dealing with that. And I've experienced anxiety like I never had before. So It was all kind of coming out. I was really just processing these last couple of years. And then also in terms of my business, and I'll just finish that by saying I'm I'm now coming out of it. Like I feel like myself for the first time in a very long time, but it's been rough. But my business did financially did so well during COVID with my program specifically, the market changes. And as people are figuring out their lives again and getting back out there, everyone's kind of still figuring it out. So all of my programs and everything that did so well during COVID kind of took a turn and people don't necessarily want to sit in front of a computer for eight weeks and learn. I mean, everyone was doing that in the time. And now at least in my experience and in experiences of close friends, it's it's a tougher sell these days. So it's been challenging, and I've almost I, the program is amazing. My the pro the the things that I've created, I am so proud of. But I'm at a point where I'm almost pausing on some of those things to let them rest, let them breathe, let my brain kind of do something else, focus more on my blog, uh, nurture my audience. More in the way that I used to when I first started, um, because like going back to the basics exactly. So, doing that because also my blog is super profitable and I worked really hard to get there. And that, you know, after eight years of busting my ass, it truly is passive if I can just do little things to keep it up. So, that's kind of where I'm at now is not just like putting things on hold for a second. I do have things available running in the background, but I'm not pushing, 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 launching, launching, launching. I'm really focusing back on the blog and building that baseline back up. But
0: I think that's so smart to really take a good hard look at what works and what doesn't. And it's not just what works financially and what makes you the most money. It is what makes you the most profit margin. And that, that factors into your time. So for you to say, it's just these little things that I could do to keep my Blog profitable and keep it up and running, that is a smart decision, especially if it's nurturing your community and growing your community. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute, too. But, um, you know, I I think that that, that's a very, very smart decision. And I would love to just kind of clarify when you say that your blog is making money, it's through the ads. Through the ads.
1: Yep. So uh, traffic on my
0: site. um, Yes. Through the ad network that I'm with. Yes. Which is, and that's, amazing because to your point, you did spend a lot of time building that up to just let that fall to the wayside. Wouldn't be the smartest business move, as you know. So, Yeah, exactly. And um, as
1: a one woman show for a long time, I couldn't, like having a blog is a full, full, full-time job and being an entrepreneur and selling products and creating products and writing emails and funnels is also a full-time job as is being a mother and a white. It's I I was spread so thin, and I had hired so much out during COVID because I couldn't function. That I'm now kind of
0: taking back on a lot of those roles again. That's my next question: was Is it you said I was a one woman show? What is it? What does that look like right now? So re- currently, so I, it's kind of been like a roller coaster. I was like one person, and
1: then slowly, kind of you know, maybe had a virtual assistant and um, just hired like small. Helped here and there. I had a brand manager for sponsored uh, for sponsored posts, um, and then during COVID, I financially once I got to a point where I was like, okay, I've I've reached my goals. Like I wanted to to reach six figures, great, did that and beyond. What's next? That, you know, as an entrepreneur, we're always like more, 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 more. Right. Whereas I've learned so much that it doesn't always have to be more, more, more. It can. I need to. I need to take care of myself, my, my mental health and all of that. So, um, I was in a place where I had the finances to really hire a team. And I, during COVID, I outsourced my photography, my copywriting, basically I wanted my blog to kind of be outsourced so that I could focus on my programs. And that's what I did. Um, I mean, you
0: cap it and you capitalized on the moment.
1: Yes, I did. And now then now currently in the last few months, I was like, I had this huge team and I was like, I don't, this is not, this is too much. It's not working right now. Um, there were some who were having babies or whatever the reasons were naturally just, it was just time for them to take a break. So I was like, I'm just going to scale down. And so now it's me. I have um, a marketing, a head of marketing, and I have a, um, a virtual assistant who helps me with a couple other things and
0: the podcast people who helped me with that. And that's really it. <laughs> the beauty of that and that whole process is I'm guessing these were contract employees.
1: Yeah. Yes. And the
0: beauty of that as an entrepreneur and as a small business owner is you can make those decisions without having financial implications or obligations. Yeah. Correct. Right. I mean, so that yeah. was a very smart move all around to ramp it up and then phase them out. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, and I think that it's also a very important I think it's a very I think it's very important for an entrepreneur to be able to see within and see what they need help with mm-hmm. and admit that they need help because a lot of us don't want to ask for help ever. Just yeah. not even just as an entrepreneur, but as women, as moms. I mean, a lot of people we just don't want to ask for help, right? I mean I think or to so give up moms, control. It's a control thing too, for right. me at least. But yeah. I think to recognize that you need some help in order to maintain, sustain, and grow. Yeah. is is a very honorable um trait. So, you know, kudos to you for for making that decision um because yeah. I you know, a lot of times people people do think like oh, like she's probably like we talked about before like rolling in the dough. She's got yeah. this big following and blah blah blah. But like it's not always the case. Like it's you know, you are mm-hmm. investing back into your business as well, which is so important. Yeah. So, you said something that I want to bring up and um and if you don't want to get into it just tell me but you talked about nine months being very hard and that you had a lot of anxiety and things were very rough for you. How do you pull yourself out of that?
1: I don't know that I have an answer. It honestly, I just kind of leaned into it. It, and I remember really when it started and it just kept going like down, 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 down. What was
0: the like, was there a moment trigger? So,
1: I mean, yes, it, it was a, tough couple of years for everybody. And then for us personally, and this isn't even in my business, but we lost our dog of 17 years and it was so crushed. Sorry. It crushed me. So that was in January. And after that, I think that was just like it wasn't necessarily that, but that was like the straw, what is it? was the saying? The straw that broke the camel's back. That was the the little thing. I mean it was a big thing, but that really just kind of set everything off. And from there I just I don't Know I had a launch, it didn't, you know, do it as I expected. And then I was just, I started to feel I had a ton of like health anxiety. So, like our our schools and here in California, you know, it's different in all states, but my kids were getting tested every single week. And if someone was positive in the house, they were home for 10 days. And so this anxiety of like, if any of us were exposed, like my life is inconvenienced and just Things were, we were going on vacation and would we have to cancel and, um, or get stuck in Hawaii. And then like I had COVID anxiety, like crazy, COVID but uh, you anxiety. know what though, I'm
0: glad that you're like, I think it's important to be sharing these things also, yeah. you know, because I did too. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, w- we were actually like really COVID careful, um, yeah. much more so than a lot of people. And a lot of it was for the things that you're talking about right now, which was like, I was nervous we were going to be inconvenienced and I was going to be inconvenienced. And, Mm -hmm. and as an entrepreneur, it it can derail your whole business. And so, you know, and, and I think that that's a really valid point to make.
1: Um,
0: And, you know, and there were times that I was like, okay, well, you know, we're going away in two weeks, so we got to lock down and no one can do anything. And like, it's, that was, it's crazy and it's not crazy, but it's crazy. You know, I mean, it's like, and, and it's really to your point, because, of the inconvenience and because of what can happen. And, and, and I I commend you for saying that because I think there are a lot of people who either felt that and didn't feel comfortable saying that, or just kind of threw their hands up and didn't care at all, which I don't know if that was the answer either. So you know this has been a really rough time and even coming out of it, it's been rough to get back to like, what is normal. Totally.
1: Yeah. And for the, and my anxiety for my kids, would they miss out on a graduation or the, their fourth grade overnight trip. Like I just, in, and I experienced anxiety that was debilitating for the first time in my life. I've always been an anxious person, but I've been like, I'm a doer. When I get anxious, I just get stuff done and go. And this was like heavy chest, feeling sick, like, and no motivation to work. So I honestly, I feel like for the last nine months, I, I just did the bare minimum. Like I just, I had a hard time showing up. I had a hard time
0: Maybe excited. you were, you quiet quitted your own <laughs> business for a little bit. kind of, but I mean um, I'm glad yeah. you I'm glad that you've turned it around.
1: Yeah, I mean I I got help. I reached out to a therapist. I did you know I got some acupuncture. I did hypnotherapy. Whatever I felt like I needed to do to help myself, I just did. And then most recently, we go back east every year to visit my family. We took a three week vacation, and I intentionally did not work. So going into that, I was like, I will not work even, it won't even half-ass
0: work. Did you tell your followers, I'm not going to be here for the next three weeks? Or did you set things up to run automatically? Or what did you do? Um, I don't even remember. I mean, honestly, I may
1: have just said, like, I'm just going to be in stories. I wasn't doing much anyway. Honestly, it had been like, it had just been kind of rough. And so maybe I said, I'm just going to be in stories, but like nothing really new. But I don't know. And I and I just enjoyed. I just let myself be. And after we came back, it was like, oh my God. Like I feel like my brain had space. And I just, I feel like I it sounds like woo-woo, but I feel like I healed on that. Well, trip. you
0: recharged.
1: I recharged, you I recharged myself, your battery. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. And I um a lot of the thing I just I gained so much clarity. I gave myself the space and the clarity was like, okay this is what I need to do. And, and now I'm excited to do it. And I feel... And that's like how can, it should be yeah. when you're running yeah. your own
0: business, right? It's yeah. like you you refocused. And to your point, what you said before, you're like, I'm going to focus on my blog because that is my like largest profit margin. Mm-hmm. And maybe the classes aren't going to be something that is as profitable now because people are going back out into the world. And, and that's okay. And, and that's different. okay. But it wasn't okay
1: for a second when I was like, but wait, this was the thing that was going to be my number one moneymaker. And it's my, it's my passion. It's what I love the most.
0: And so I was like mad for a while. And now I'm like, no, it's okay. The environment and the world around us has changed so much too. And you've done a great job adapting to that, you know, and it sounds like you're in a place now where you know what you need to do to fill yourself up and to fill up your community. Right. For sure. Absolutely before we hopped on, you talked about, like, we talked about this podcast tour. So, and I'm, I am I want to say like, you're on a podcast tour. Like I was on a podcast tour earlier this year through the same mm-hmm. agency that we, that's how we met. And, um, and I found it so helpful for so many reasons. And I had asked you like, why, why did you want to do this? And your answer to me was that you felt that social media was just kind of getting stagnant. Mm-hmm. And I would love for you to address that because I think that, you know, that's, it, it's, I, I I really commend you for realizing that that is that was that is a thing and you mm-hmm. probably weren't growing. And and I mean, meta is like, you know, the best and the worst at all at once. Yes. And yeah. but when you're not growing, it's like your business is it becomes stagnant as well. And so yeah. you need to fuel your blog with new readers and people yeah. to be consuming what you're putting out there. And so you decided to go on a podcast tour. So I'd love for you to kind of share that thought process and how you came to that conclusion and how you realized that this could be a a good door opener for you.
1: Yeah. So for so many years I solely relied on social media for my business. I mean, that was I had an email list. I don't really know what I was doing. I I did, I had been emailing since day one, but again with no strategy whatsoever. Um, But I could count on social media. I can count on it for a certain percentage of sales, a certain percentage of views. I knew how many people were watching my Instagram stories. And I had, when it was at its best, you know, I had amazing engagement, like on the high end of what most people had. And I could just count on it. And you always heard people say like, don't rely on social media for your business. And I was like, yeah, but this is awesome. Um, Until it wasn't, until it just stopped. Um, And it's still awesome for a lot of reasons, but there's my content just doesn't get shown to the amount of people that want to see it or should see it. And it's not enough. It's not enough to sustain my business. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, including myself for a while, were really pissed and we have no control over it. So that's the other thing. We have no control over social media. It's always going to be changing. And I just realized that I have to do something else to get to get in front of people. Thank God I have my blog. Thank God I own that. And that's always a place where I can be, where people can find me. Thank God I have my email lists, all of those things. But how else can I continue to grow my business long-term? So this was really the first thing that I did that wasn't immediate gratification. Like, you know, these podcasts, now I'm booked on 15 or 16 podcasts over the next three or four months. I may see these rewards in a year or two from now because they'll always be out there. People can always find them. Whereas social media, if that story disappears, it's gone. And people aren't necessarily scrolling through feeds anymore to go back and, and, you know, binge people's content. I just, I had to make the shift to use social media as I want to, as opposed to uh, like the strategy for my business. I had to create new strategy elsewhere.
0: The best part? There's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FoundHer and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. I think it's so smart and I and I I mean I know I've said this a few times but I, you know I commend you a lot for rec- for recognizing a lot of these things that we've talked about today because it takes a lot for a business owner to make a change and I talk about this here all the time like you have to know when it's the time to pivot you have to know when it's the time to make the change because no one's going to tell you as a founder and no one's going to make that decision for you and yeah. so for you to take control over that and realize that I think is very honorable, you know, Thank and, you. and, and also it's investing in your business because it's not free to go on a podcast tour. So you have to make, no, that, it's not. right. You have to make that decision <laughs> that you're going to take that money from your pocket and pay someone else to hopefully grow your business and you have to rely on them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: It's a big decision and it's, And it's hard as a people pleaser myself, you know, I have this audience who was, was used to me doing things a certain way, um, for so long. And a lot of those things I don't necessarily do anymore either because it just, it doesn't align or I just don't feel like it or whatever the reason is. And I really, in the past several years had to, you know, when I started, I didn't think of this as like a business. Like I was never, I never dreamed of being an entrepreneur. Like that was not in my, I'm a teacher. Like I just, I just like to help people. Um, and we've really, you know, now that I'm a mom and I have an eight and a 10 year old and like, I need to, this has to be a business has to be a profitable, profitable business. And I need to make some business decisions, which is like out of my comfort zone, but there's gotta be a
0: balance. So it's, it's a challenge. What would you say to yourself eight years ago? Because, you know, I, I know, I mean, it's like you didn't have a plan. I didn't have a plan, you know, and it's, it's wild when you go on this ride. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the same advice that I'd give myself today, but just trust my gut.
1: Like I, I have really strong, good gut intuitions. I always have. Um, And I think just continuing to follow that has been the best thing for me. And also to make sure early on as much as possible to find your people in this space because entrepreneurship can be extremely lonely and so finding those connections and finding people who support you and lift you up and go through this journey with you because there are days when we are we think we are the best and we are just going to make millions of dollars and we are on cloud nine and then literally 20 minutes later we are crying on the floor we are horrible our business is stupid why would anybody want this i mean it is such a roller coaster and you need people otherwise i don't know how i would do it alone
0: before i ask you my last question i want to ask you like what's been the coolest opportunity that has come your way like you know or or a couple i mean when you are in this space things happen that you are that sometimes are very big pinch me moments and what's been like a pinch me moment for you <sighs> There's a couple like I'm not it's funny that this is my
1: job because I am I'm shy like I'm not so I'm not an outgoing person unless you get to know me unless you're my friend I'm funny and loud and goofy and all of that but if you just see me if I'm at an event or at a room I'm the quietest person in the corner I don't want to talk so um it's interesting that this is my job but so I did a a, I had like a feature like a spread and shape magazine a couple of years ago which I was Wasn't so weird, but that felt like a really big deal. That is um, a big deal. That's a huge deal. The honestly, and again, this sounds lame, but it's true. the The real pinch me moments, like the the shape stuff, that's a big deal, and that's great press. But that doesn't do it for me. It's it's the pinch me moments are when I'm working with someone, working with students, for example, in a program. And they come in one way, just like a first grader would come in not reading and leave first grade reading and confident, like that shit makes me, it lights up my soul. And so to be able to help people, to help adults go make that transformation from not feeling confident, um, not feeling wanted or loved or whatever it is in their family, in their kitchen, in their life, to come out of it to better their relationships with the people in their lives. Like those are the pinch me moments. Like I really did that. Like I helped you. And that's, that's
0: what's so special for me. And that's what that, those are the pinch me moments. What do your kids think? Like, what do they think when you get recognized and you know, like, because you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it's, it's been a part of their lives since they were babies. I mean, they get recognized often more than I do, I which is, um, I don't know if they think it's weird. I, they're there. It's just kind oh. of is, it just kind of is what oh. it is. <laughs> Doggies. <laughs> um, I don't, it's honestly, I think they think it's normal, which is kind of sad. Uh, but it's just, they don't think like, it's so cool or or maybe they do. They just don't really say it. And my younger one has loved kind of being a part of it and being on camera. And um,
0: that's so funny. Yeah. My younger one also like yeah. is, is always like post a picture of me. Yeah. My older and, like, one, has I mean, so and my following is like a fraction of yours. So, <laughs> you know, but she's always like post the picture of us. Like she wants to be a part of it.
1: I don't, and they're just able to comprehend. They didn't know how many people were watching. I mean, they didn't know. They just knew that I was talking to people and people had questions and that was it. So I think only now are they even
0: starting to grasp what I do. But it's, it's so cool. And you're setting such a great example for them. Thank you. So before we wrap up, I'd love for you to share with us Three tips that you would give someone just starting out? And I know you kind of just shared two of them when I asked you um, before what you would tell yourself, but um, think of like a brand new founder, what would you tell them?
1: People probably hear this all the time and it's so cliche, but I feel like cliches are cliches for a reason. Just start, like start messy and it doesn't have to be perfect. In fact, it won't be perfect. And even when you think it's perfect, it's not perfect. So Whatever the idea is, or the passion or whatever it is that you think you want to do, there's always so much to learn, and you're never going to figure it all out, so just start and learn as you go. That's definitely like my top piece of advice. Um, find your people, for sure. and like, don't do this alone. It's too hard. Um, put yourself out there. Like I said, I am a shy person. I'm not one to walk up and say hi. My name is Lainey, but I used to force myself to go to events to network. I would fly and go to workshops to learn food photography. Like really pushing yourself to get outside of your comfort zone to learn. Um, I spent five years learning food photography because I thought I just wanted to be the world's greatest food photographer. Until I hit a point where I was like, okay, I'm I'm happy with my photos, but I don't want to be a photographer. So now my focus is elsewhere. So that's when I started in that business entrepreneur space. So put yourself out there, get out there and learn. There's so many resources now and just you have to
0: push yourself outside your comfort zone. Lainey Schwartz, founder of Life is But a Dish. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story and your truths. I feel like we have lived parallel lives. I can't believe this is the first time I'm meeting you and I'm so excited to continue this conversation. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me. I told you that today was a powerful episode and I hope that you see how just showing up and being yourself and sharing can really hook people in and bring people into your world and into your community. That's how Lainey built her entire business. And today she showed up and shared things so authentically and so true to herself and really some tough topics that she disclosed and shared that her business and life isn't always rainbows and unicorns and I so appreciate her honesty and I hope that you did too. There were so many takeaways from Lainey and her raw and realness. I'm going to as always send them to you via email on Friday. So make sure you get on my email list. The link is in my show notes. When you do, you also will get a lesson once a week to help you grow your business. But for now, here are my favorite five and top five takeaways from today's episode with Lainey Schwartz. Number one, when you realize that you're changing lives through something you can teach people, it's incredibly powerful. Number two, when there is something that you do that you can't live without or a process that makes your life easier, think about how you can share that with others and eventually sell it. Number three, community is the foundation of your business show up share give things away for free when you do this eventually when you have something to sell you have built the trust and authority and people will buy it number four you have to adjust to the times and the environment around you it's okay to let products rest and breathe it's okay to pause and to nurture your community and it's okay to nurture the most profitable parts of your business when there are shifts in the world around you and in your business world. Number five, when your marketing vehicle plateaus, you need to find a new strategy and a new way to move the needle forward. For Lainey, social media changed and her product was just not being seen as much as it had used to be on social media. And that's why she was on this podcast today because she decided to invest back into her business and do a podcast tour and get on other people's shows to share her product and share her platform so that new community members can join her. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And thank you so much to Lainey Schwartz for being our guest. You are amazing. And I'm so excited to continue this conversation. If you like what you're hearing Please take out your phone, scroll all the way down and leave a rating and review. You have no idea how much it helps people to find Dear Found Her and to spread our stories and our mission. If you know someone who wants to start their own business or who has an idea, text them this episode. This is such a great, today's episode was such a great example of someone who started something out of their home and made it into something huge. You can also share it on Instagram, tag me, tag Laney Schwartz. Her handle is in the show notes. I'll make sure to share some of those to say thank you. But for now, stay tuned for another episode of Dear Founder coming your way every Tuesday and Thursday.